You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, EJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, and I have awakened. It took a while, you know. I am, as many of you know, I'm still battling some personal issues in my life, and, you know, I'm finally starting to come out of them this month, and I'm just like, all right, now I just need the Blue Jays to do something. And we can come back and start talking and, you know, get this dialogue going again that we have here on the network. And I waited and waited. And as much as I appreciate the Blue Jays adding to their AJ contingent in the organization by signing AJ Cole to a minor league deal, and we will talk about him a little later, that wasn't the needle moving move that I was looking for uh, to make my comeback to. And then like there was so much speculation around the Blue Jays. Like, I mean, it was no secret. The Blue Jays need starting pitching. Everyone and their dog knew that. But like the people who knew that and were taking the most advantage of it wasn't even the agents or anything. It was the journalists who just like, oh, the Blue Jays have been linked to, and then just fill in the blank of whatever starting pitcher you wanted to throw in there. You could literally throw everyone in there. I saw I saw people try and link Garrett Cole. That was never going to happen. And finally, you know, Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro, they said they were doing their due diligence on everyone and and checking in and trying to get stuff. And it's almost kind of funny because it almost seems like they are like like a year behind because like last year was the year to do all your research and stuff and take the time on it because you could afford to take the time because guys were waiting for so long. That, you know, you could do all your homework and try and make a signing. Now, nothing would have helped the Blue Jays last year. I mean, we we can all agree on that. But I I think they thought it was going to happen that way again. And it did not. Like, and I think one of the reasons it did not is because there were so few options that were like rock solid. Like you knew what you were going to get. And team started jumping on them instantly and and it started when the Rangers signed Kyle Gibson to that three-year deal the Blue Jays were supposedly sniffing around on him and see him go for that kind of deal I mean I think that's about what the Blue Jays were willing to pay but it kind of kick-started that okay starting pitchers are going to come off much quicker than we thought I mean the two biggest fish both signed this week Steven Strasburg going back to the Nationals and Cole joining the Yankees because of course of course the Yankees are back why wouldn't they they needed they needed one guy they paid for him they crippled Houston's rotation in the process so a vintage Yankees move busted out this week at the winter meetings in Arizona so I 
I'm not surprised there. And again, if you ever thought Garrett Cole was coming to Toronto, you were having a laugh. Anyway, this is a very long-winded way to get back to saying the Blue Jays actually signed someone of consequence. And it's someone who was definitely ticketed for Toronto. I believe MLB trade rumors had this projected. And a lot of us in the Blue Jays, you know, uh, reporting blogosphere sort of thing said this is exactly the kind of guy who the Blue Jays need to get. They need to get one or two of these guys. And the Blue Jays did pony up some money. $12 million a year over two years. But they got Tanner Roark. And again, Roark is exactly the kind of pitcher who the Blue Jays should have been targeting from the get-go. He is a guy who will go out and throw innings. And what was the problem with the Blue Jays last year? They got no innings from their starters. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I will bet you that they were like bottom three when it comes to innings from starters last season. So getting a guy like Tanner Roark, who has averaged 180 innings over the last four seasons, getting a guy like that in, who is a a guy who you know, you can throw him out there, he will give you six innings, and you will be able to work with that. That is huge to be able to have that in in an organization that had so many question marks in the rotation. And the, and the big thing about this offseason was erasing some of those question marks and turning them into periods, turning them into exclamation points. And there's still time to do that. But getting a guy like Rorak in gives you a base. Now you can say, all right, we have Chase Anderson. We have Tanner Roark. We have hopefully Matt Shoemaker coming back. That's a solid three to build around. If you bring in one more guy, preferably a lefty, again, the Blue Jays have been linked to a lot of them. Hyunjin Ryu, Dallas Keuchel, Wade Miley, that sort of thing. Once you start looking at getting one of those and then, you know, that that's that gives you something you can build off of. Right now, the Blue Jays are selling a lot of promise to free agents. Like, yeah, they're gonna get good, but to to have something in the starting rotation that you can point to now and say, we have this guy in here. You're not gonna be facing like the ace or something like that, unless you want to. Like that's that's something tangible that the Blue Jays can now start offering to entice other other players and and other free agents too. They, they've they been linked to guys like Cole Calhoun, um, Susugo, the Japanese slugger we talked about in an earlier podcast. They've been linked to him still. There, there are guys who get, they can still look to bring in. And getting a guy like Roark set in stone, Pokemon fans will see what I did there, um, getting him set in stone just helps in 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 trying to sell what this organization is doing in the future. And I just got the numbers in front of me to back them up. Toronto, third last in quality starts, tied with Detroit, one back of Baltimore. Baltimore had more quality starts than Toronto last season. Only better than the Brewers and the Angels. And the Angels used a lot of openers and didn't really have 
guys actually starting. And then there's no data for the rest of the National League Central on ESPN, which is weird. Fix that, ESPN. But anyway, everyone knew Toronto had to fix that. If it's if it's going to har- harbor any thoughts of being in even the wildcard conversation, not even a contender, just in the conversation. And, you know, again, having a guy like Tanner Roark, who will give you 30 starts, you know, the Blue Jays did not have anyone they could say that for last season. Because, and, and like, I know Roark's the same age as Hyunjin Ryu, and on, on other podcasts, I've been like, I don't want to give that money to Hyunjin Ryu because of the injury issues. I don't have as many of those fears with Tanner Roark because he's gone out there and he's pitched like well and and a lot over the past few seasons. And I I think coming off a season where he actually didn't hit 180 for the first time since 2015 because he split it between Cincy and Oakland. I think he's going to be able to get back to that 180 pretty easily. The only thing I worry about is he gave up 14 home runs in 55 innings with Oakland last season. That's that's 14 home runs and 10 starts. And that's in Oakland. You're now taking Tanner and you're putting him in the AL East with Yankee Stadium, with Fenway, with the Rogers Center. And you're hoping that he's going to be able to keep it in the park because that's going to be key to his success. So if he can do that, if he can keep the ball in the park, he has the ability to give the Blue Jays what they need there. So I'm happy they brought him in. That's that's a big worry off my plate is getting a guy in who you know you, you'll get innings from. And then that allows you to maybe take a run at a Julio Teheran or an Alex Wood, the, one of these guys who are, are coming off shortened seasons who might be looking for that bounce back deal. Um, so... That, that's what this also allows the Blue Jays to do, is is be a little more aggressive on these guys who you are taking a chance on. Granted, they're already doing that with Matt Shoemaker, but you get two more guys in, you can start weathering storms. Because then you're not forcing your young guys to pitch. You're allowing them to develop at their own pace. So, again, Tanner Rohark, very happy with that signing, we're going to go through a couple of the other signings that the Blue Jays have made, primarily dealing with their bullpen. Right after this break, sponsored by DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter that promo code Locked On. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return to you. I, I told you we would. We would return. It was going to happen. Anyway, Tanner Roark is not the only signing the Blue Jays have made, but He's the big headliner because he finally addressed that starting pitching need, as we talked about in the first half of the podcast. But the Blue Jays have been doing work in other areas. They have been adding guys to the bullpen. And they've been adding guys on minor league deals. The headliner was A.J. Cole, who, again, 
happy to have another AJ in the fold. Um, Cole pitched in 25 games for Cleveland last season, had a 381 ERA. was actually decent compared to, like, that's right in line with his fielding independent pitching. He had some bad defense behind him in Cleveland. Um, the whip was 1.5, but I think what the Blue Jays are seeing with Cole is a guy who's starting to get more comfortable with the idea of being a reliever. He was a starter, primarily coming up when he was a top prospect with the Nationals. And then he he kind of blew up last season and, and the Nationals gave up on him. So he bounces over to the Yankees in Cleveland and, and starts to work more as this reliever. And seeing a bit of progress made in getting more comfortable with with giving it more for one or two innings as opposed to trying to piece yourself, you you could see those results with Cole as he bounced between Cleveland and Columbus, their AAA team. So with the Blue Jays trying to build this bullpen probably relatively cheap, I mean, I know there were talks with Blake Trinan, and I would have loved to see the witch come north, basically be the white witch, but he, he got $10 million from the Dodgers. What are you going to do? You're not you're not giving Blake Trinan that if you're Toronto. No chance. So whatever. His witchy ways will go on. So they sign guys like AJ Cole. And they sign guys like Justin Miller, another former Nationals pitcher, pitched for them last season. Uh over the past couple seasons actually did very well in sixty eight appearances, had a three seventy one ERA for them, although the underlying numbers don't look as great because what Justin Miller does is when pitchers hit him, they hit him hard. Um, 58 hits given up over those two seasons in Washington. 15 of them left the yard. So about a quarter of the hits that Justin Miller gives up are being launched. And that's that's not a great ratio. If one in, one in every four guys is able to take you deep. So that's why Justin Miller is on a minor league deal. But again, what's the old saying? There is no such thing as a bad minor league deal. So that's why you see these guys coming back. Um, The Blue Jays brought Andy Burns back on a minor league deal. They've invited him to spring training. You know, he's a feel-good story, 31-year-old career minor leaguer. Had a cup of coffee with the Blue Jays in 2018. So they bring Andy back. They brought Patrick Kivlahan back. Um, veteran first baseman. Um, I believe they acquired him from Pittsburgh. Anyway, he played for Buffalo last season, hit like 25 home runs in that in that space. So he got an invite to spring training, which good for him. Um, Philippe Aumont was brought in. Um, surprise, surprise, Canadian pitcher. You know, you know the Blue Jays are going to be interested in that. And, you know, Aumont's been drifting around a while since he kind of lost that, that glossy prospect status he had when he was with the Phillies. Um, hasn't been able to break into the majors since. Actually pitched for Buffalo already in 2015 before starting to bounce around. He actually pitched for Ottawa last year, which that's that's a heck of a fall. But what he did do in Ottawa as a starter 
um, in 18 games with them was have a 265 ERA and a 111 whip, which, I mean, even in independent ball, you know, that's worth a look to see if he can try and replicate that. He didn't have much luck doing that in 2018 with Toledo, which is Detroit's AAA side. But, you know, again, if if he happens to make good, you know, Canadian kid coming in there, that that'll help you out a little bit. You know, just just to have someone in there since, you know, Dalton Pompey is off the roster now. So there's one guy who actually got signed a little later that I want to talk about because he got signed this week. Wasn't in that group of five that we talked about. Was kind of a special case. And that is James Dykstra. And there's an excellent... Uh, article on BlueJaysNation.com by Paul Berthelo. And I hope I got your name right, Paul. But um, just talking about how the Blue Jays um, found James Dykstra. Because um, Dykstra's had his shots at this. He was a six-round pick of the White Sox in 2013. And, you know, bounced around the organization a little bit. Managed to get up to AAA with Texas. But he was lit up pretty well in his time there. He worked as a starter and all that time. And how many times have we heard this story about guys who were starters, couldn't really do it, and just tried to recalibrate themselves as relievers. And what Dykstra was able to do is kind of compile what he was able to do. Because he was, um, if you read Bertolo's article... Um, He talked about how Dykstra was never a quick pitcher. He didn't have like a buzzy fastball or anything like that. But he he was able to get ground balls, which, I mean, you'd expect the Blue Jays MO. They would have been all over him then. But what he's been able to do as a reliever is ramp up his velocity to the point where he's hitting 99. And the the Blue Jays do not have a lot of guys who can – crank up the velocity like that and you know aside from Nate Pearson who they are they are treating like a Fabergé egg so whatever they're not going to ask him to do 100 every time Dykstra is someone who they will ask to do 100 every time because that's all he has right now to get back into the major leagues well to get to the major leagues period because he never actually appeared for the White Sox or the Rangers but what Dykstra has going for him now is that 100-mile-an-hour fastball and and the movement pitches that he has. Because I, I did watch the um, the tape he put out. He, he put out a video on his Twitter last month compiling some of his work in the Mexican League. And what you see in addition to that high-speed fastball that he can drop in there at 98... Um, he has a splitter. He has a curveball. And they both come in at similar angles. Which, what's the name of the game nowadays when it comes to pitchers? It's being able to fool batters and get them to swing at pitches that look similar, but then break off wildly. So not only does Dykstra have have that overpowering fastball, he has a splitter and curve that he can mix in. He has a slider that averages around 87 so he can throw four different pitches at at you and be very comfortable throwing them 
at different points in the count. And when you can keep hitters off base like that and, and just continuously guessing, you're more likely to have success. And since he wasn't doing that as a starter and is able to just kind of go out there full bore as a reliever, that makes him a very interesting candidate for the Blue Jays bullpen. And it's not like they're they're foreign to this kind of success. I mean, granted, they traded for Steve Delabar, but Delabar did the exact same thing. He went to indie ball, started working on himself as a reliever, and came back with this arsenal that, that was overpowering for a year or two. And, and even if Dykstra is just good for a year or two, that's that's pretty all right and the blue jays can sell them off at the deadline if they need to like they've done with all the other relievers who they've gotten on these minor league deals they managed to work into the bullpen being able to take a shot on guys like that who who could you know just come out of the work woodwork like that and and be something i mean um, as Bertolo said in his in his article, it shows how the Blue Jays are kind of evolving um, with the times in order to try and get as much talent in as they can. So that that's probably the more interesting, the most interesting minor league signing the Blue Jays have made so far. And, you know, they want to keep doing that. That's fine. But I think fans want to see another Tanner Rourke-like signing. So maybe get on that get another starting pitcher in so we can all sleep easier on that i can go back to my resting coma um but yeah that brings us to the end of this episode just a reminder um when i'm awake you can follow me on twitter at a underscore j underscore andrews the underscores are there because Twitter is dumb and I'm going to try and get rid of them when they're doing this whole account purge thing because they should be doing it and anyone who complains about it is a moron. There, I said it. Anyway, follow me on there. Follow the podcast at Locked on Jays on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Himalaya, however you get podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode when they actually come out. Because I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to get back into it, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put forward my best effort, and we're gonna talk about some of the losses the Blue Jays have had so far, and just how how that'll actually affect what they want to do going forward. That'll that'll be. Um, That'll be another episode that's coming very soon. So be on the watch for that. And check out Jason the Couch Radio. I was on there um, in their last episode. We were talking about all these rumors and stuff. And, you know, I was a little cranky, but still be enjoying you know and love. So anyway, for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at JasonTheCouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.